G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. Hello, wherever you might be on what is a lovely Friday heading into a big weekend. It is Taz Racing Talks. I'm Cam Luke. Campbell Brown is in position and a man who not only DJs when it comes to all the big cup meetings in this beautiful state of Tasmania, but he also rips it apart on a Wednesday night, racing across the great state Wednesday night into the summer, and Campbell Brown could not miss. In fact, if it wasn't for Still a Star, I'd say that you were the best performer of the week, mate. Hello to you. That's very debatable. It wasn't still a Stars win outstanding. Oh. And, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a, a lovely opening night of racing under lights at Launceston. Um, Coronation Keith has come back in terrific oh. form and, form and um, it all stacked up like it should win, but one like $1.70 pop should. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was uh, it was good to be working um, on Wednesday night and covering all the racing Tasmania news. How good was, and you mentioned it, how good was Still a Star? And how good was Mystic Journey? Yeah. Now, I want this on the record. I'm talking through my pocket because I backed Mystic Journey. Each way? No. Okay. No. And I thought she was brilliant, but still a star. And, and Bill Ryan has continually, when he's joined us, he's spoken about the fact that he's excited to have the opportunity for her to continue to go through the levels and show how good she can be. Well, she's bloody good, and she's going to be a favourite in a Group 1 race in a couple of weeks' time in the Empire Yeah, race. no doubt. Group 2 placed a couple of times leading into the weekend. I thought the race was absolutely run to suit, you know, um, just camped off True. the speed. There was good tempo up front in a stalking position, peeled out and, um, and down that long Flemington straight, you know, looked the winner. But um, the, the sectionals of Mystic Journey, oh. who, given the way the race was run, I didn't really give it too much chance mm-hmm. of being able to run over the top of them. But gee whiz, six to four to two, sectionals were outstanding and yeah. uh, hit the line as good or better than anyone. And, of course, you are a sectional guy. Well, not ne- not notoriously, <laughs> but when you see something fly like that, yep. I always I always think, geez, I want to go back and look at the times mm-hmm. and... Um, and, you know, like Chautauqua used to fly late and, and I used to be fascinated at some of the times that Chautauqua oh, used to. I'm not I'm calling glad Mystic you, I'm glad you had to look at the, the stats and the sectionals to tell us that Chautauqua was good late. I appreciate that, mate. <laughs> that's, uh, that's just sort of in-depth stuff that I get, that I dive, deep dive into. Now, before we get to our first very special guest, Glenn Stevenson, only moments away, I do want to ask you about Wednesday night because you were on fire, Josh Jenkins was on fire, uh, our man Damo was on fire. No better way to kickstart what is going to be a fun spring and then summer Wednesday evenings. Yeah, well, it was brilliant. Um, few betting plungers were landed. Certainly uh, race number two, they didn't miss with Rich Clan and uh, David Perez got the money for Tegan Keys. Um, they came fairly hard on a few and left uh, mm-hmm. left the money in the bag on a couple uh, of occasions, but um, not everything... Um, you can't win all the time. La Cadeau was the biggest goal of the night. We spoke to Barry oh. Campbell two, three weeks ago now, and he declared it. He declared and it. And Devon put on the synthetic, and, and it was slow out and, and rattled home for third. Well, it was 6.50 into $3.30, jumped favourite. Yeah, I know. And 
came third. wasn't wasn't a bad run. I want to pass this on though, because you text me ten minutes prior to the race it, to say, "Hey, hey, I reckon butter up. I reckon Baz went one week early, one start early." I passed that text message on to a few. It ran okay. It I, ran okay. The the the, um, the horse that I was the most disappointed didn't get the job done was Johnny Chutzpah mm-hmm. uh, in race number seven um, because we tipped it at about $9.50. Jeez, it was magnificent. It hit the front in the concluding stages, only for me to dark cloud it, declared Usual. it. And uh, well, Borough, the, uh, the favourite with Brendan McCool in the saddle, got it late. But um, that was a really nice night of racing and it'll just get better and better. All right, let's get to our first guest. Glenn Stevenson joins us. War correspondent, of course, goes around tomorrow. What a big day at Caulfield. And this horse is going to have a huge chance to get the job done tomorrow. Glenn, hello to you. G'day, guys. How are you? Uh, good. We're excited. I'm assuming you're excited because uh, any time you got a runner on Caulfield Guineas, Turek Handicap Day, it is a very, very exciting thing. But in particular, when you've got a horse in great form and ready to go and a huge winning chance. Yeah, look, it's uh, it's a nice sort of little field, but uh, we've drawn a, a gun gate and hopefully uh, Damo can get him out of the gates a bit better than we did the other night. And uh, plenty in tempo and we should get that nice run just behind the couple of leaders there. Well, what's the uh, what's the story with War Correspondent when it comes to has he did he go back to Tassie after that race at Mooney Valley? Does he stay in Melbourne? Has he stayed in Melbourne? How does it all work from your training of him running in uh, these races in Melbourne? Well, uh, he was going to come back, but the boat got shut down for a few days, so we decided to leave him with Maddie Brown. And he's been to Maddie's before, and look, he loves the environment there. He's got a, a lovely country atmosphere and a and a nice track and good facilities and. Maddie and Higo and the team know him, so we're pretty happy to leave him there. And uh, by all reports and the videos I've got, uh, he's fine. You did draw barrier two uh, at the Valley that night and, and the slow start over 9.55, mm. never ideal. Um, but it was a very, very good return. So barrier two um, at uh, Corford over the 1,200, just that little bit of extra trip second up should suit far more, shouldn't it? Yeah, it should be should be right down his alley. He's a horse that uh, he's a little fat, good doing uh, horse, and the more he gets into his prep, the better he's been. And we've just had a few little issues. He sort of tries to premeditate a bit, and uh, he done it the trials here a, a month ago. But look, if he jumps clean, uh, it'll be a big advantage to him, and uh, the the favourite probably come across. And look, if it all pans out, he should get that nice run. How do, you, how do you deal with those horses and those those little annoying quirks that, uh, and, and, you know, Brownie mentioned there, if you draw a particular gate and you're sluggish away, it makes it so much harder at certain tracks and certain races when the standards go up. How do you deal with it? And what do you do to try and make sure that these quirks don't become and manifest themselves into something that stops him from winning good races? Uh, look... <laughs> I dealt with it pretty bad the other Friday because as soon as they jumped, I turned around and kicked the bar and <laughs> and, and walked away because you know it's all over. And, yeah. and look, he, he should. He just, uh, early in his prep, he, he's just up and about a bit. And uh, look, I'm just hoping that uh, now he's sort of settled down and he's, he's got the gallops into him in the work. Touch wood, he, uh, he should improve. Look, he's, he's only done it a few times, but as you know, you don't want to be into these races and, and having that happen. So it's just cross your fingers and hope for luck. Glenn, how's your foot? Because I, I do know a few people <laughs> that in the past have punched walls or kicked doors uh, when Yourself. their horses have lost in photos and things like that. And you can do more damage than you think you uh, you can at the time. 
Yeah, mate, I, uh, I was walking around a bit tender with the old big pal, I'm telling you. Brilliant. <laughs> hey, Glenn, before I let you go, and I do, we do seem to be ask, asking this question of a lot of people, in particular trainers at the moment with the way the world has been in the last 18 or, or so months. It, it is exciting when you have opportunities to take horses to these big races, but there's also tinged with frustration because there's so much restriction around being able to enjoy it and, and being there and, and being hands-on. How, how have you handled it when you have this horse going to these particular races and you've got to sit at home and, and watch at different times? Oh, look, it, 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 it's frustrating and, and everyone's got to deal with it. And uh, I suppose I'm just lucky that, you know, and what all the Melbourne trainers and people are doing for everyone, look, it's fantastic that uh, the help we get and Brownie, Brownie's crew has been fantastic, but mate, as we all know, we all like going to the races, and it's, mm. there's nothing worse to, than you can't get there and have a few froths and um, a couple of pags and enjoy the enjoy the day. But you know, it is what it is, and same as you blokes topping it over there. We just got to deal with it and hope things turn around. I, I do want to ask you as well. How's uh, how's old Wes going? I'm Wesley. How's he tracking? Uh, he had a nice soft trial still a star the other day, and mm-hmm. and uh, very happy. He's his gallops down the beach have been enormous, but he'll have another couple of trials and uh, we'll just, just be still got a fair bit of fat on him. So uh, hopefully we can get him up. But he's, look, he's nine years old, but he, he carries on like he's two. <laughs> hey, uh, obviously, you've, uh, how many got in work at the moment? Uh, there's 16 there down the beach and, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's full on, but uh, it's, it's when you get to the beach every day and you know, I know we get some bad weather but it's enjoyable we're outside and great atmosphere and um there's a few nice ones coming through the system. Should we uh maybe look or hear about one of those nice ones or two? You got some for the SCN track family to uh, maybe have a little look at in the next couple of weeks? Oh, there'd be I think there's a nice one first up in the fourteen hundred next Wednesday night, but uh, you'll be able to work it out, I reckon. Well, done. <laughs> Beautifully done. We will. Brownie, of course, uh, headlines SEN Tracks Wednesday night, Tasmanian Racing. So, Brownie, do not forget and remind the SEN Track family, please. I like that. I like just giving enough information yeah. that the people then need to go away and do their own homework. You can't just deliver it on a platter. So that's that's nice cryptic mail there, Glenn. I appreciate it. Oh, I just don't want the owners you hinted me saying you took me all. <laughs> yes, that's right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Glenn, uh, good luck tomorrow, mate. Uh, huge opportunity. Really nice horse. Deserves its crack at this type of race. And looking forward to it, how it all plays out, mate. Enjoy it. Good on you guys. And have a good one. Thanks, you mate. too, mate. Glenn Stevenson, war correspondent tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit about the uh, the odds of that race a little bit later on in the hour. All thanks to Ladbrokes. All right, Brownie. You and I. In anything, we do a lot of AFL, we do a lot of NFL, we do a lot of NBL, we do a lot of horse racing. And any time we have the honour and the privilege to talk to someone young in their career yes. that is extremely talented, we take credit when they turn into superstars later on, that right? That is true. Well, it's about to happen again. TJ. Because, yes, TJ. Taylor Johnston, very young in her career, but she is set for very big things, Brandy, of which we'll take all the credit for. Taylor, welcome and uh, hello to you. Hello. <laughs> hey, we're just starting off. You're just starting off. We're excited to see what you're doing. How are you enjoying your, your first little start into being a jockey? Oh, honestly, I've absolutely loved it so far. Um, it's everything I could have imagined from the start, and I'm just so happy to finally be out there. What's it like being in the barriers, first ever race ride? What, what was going through your mind? What, what are you thinking about? Is it How hard is it to concentrate on all the things you have to do? What, what was it like being in the barriers about to open first ever race ride? 
Honestly, it was a little bit nerve-wracking to start off with. Um, I was sitting in there just going through everything and thinking about where I wanted to be and all of that sort of stuff. But as soon as the gates opened, it all just uh, went well. And, yeah, everything it was just so exciting. Well, you, you had a third, so you, you finished uh, in the placings on your first ever race, right, GG Buzz. But then a couple of starts later, Wednesday night I was working, I was watching uh, this race, Dark Wanderer your first ever winner. How exciting was that? And uh, and this is a nice horse, seven wins now from 11 starts. Yes, it was unbelievable. Um, we all had the feeling that he was going to win. Um, Sarah, the trainer, she wanted to get the four kilos off his back and she wanted to put me on. We've I've worked from, a, um, from day dot since I started at Leon's and she's been a very big support for me. And um, I'd been, I uh, trialled him a couple of weeks prior to the race and he was in good form and everything was looking great. And she was like, yeah, well, we'll put you on race day. And it was, yeah, he just come out and he just, it was so easy for him and he just come out and won and it was absolutely crazy. It was a great ride. And um, there wasn't a lot of market support that night. I know that you probably didn't know as a jockey, but La Cadeau was well-backed and Easy Road, Lucky Bucky were, were the horses that um, were given the chance. And you just sat in behind them, peeled out with... Uh, well, into the into the leading the middle of the track there, which was about four um, lengths off the fence, and uh, did it quite comfortably too. So it was a it was a really nice, patient ride. Is that what was going through your head through the uh, the concluding stages? Yeah. Well, it, um, the plan was we had plan A and plan B, and plan A was well, if he jumped well, we were going to lead because obviously all these other races he'd jumped and lead. Um, and I didn't want to fight him, so we just um, depended on how he jumped and the other horses jumped a bit quicker than him. Mm-hmm. So I thought to keep him comfortable and give him a nice run, just sit it, slot him in behind him and he was very comfortable there. Um, and then when the opportunity came, I got him out of there and he just he just flew home, yes. Just, just oh, I just want to put this on the record here, uh, Taylor Brown. You you backed that horse, did you, or did you have a crack at something else in the race? No, I, I didn't. We spoke to Sarah Cotton <laughs> pre-race, and yes. she sort of thought it would run well. But um, I was in the camp of La Cadeau, who you uh, you gave Windburn. You went past it that quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was. Um, well, we was a bit shocked that um, he was paying at nine dollars, and all the other ones. There was a, a big article written on Easy Road, so he had a bit of competition behind him. Um, but, yeah, no, I believe that he could win. And, yeah, that's what happened. So You mentioned you thought it could win. The Connections thought it could win. Did that add a little bit of pressure? You obviously want to get off the mark. I know it's so young into your racing career, but did it add a little bit of pressure going into a race knowing that the horse was so well? A hundred percent, yes. Um, it was a bit different because um, he's, like, was one of the first horses, one of the first best horses that I'd ridden so far. Um, so there was, yeah, that little bit of pressure there and there was people that thought he could win and other people that had their doubts. But, I mean, I believed him in him 100% and I believed in myself and, yeah, that's what happened. Now, so. take, well, and it worked beautifully and you're set for, for bigger yeah. and better things each and every week. Just there's, there's not a great deal of time when you are a jockey away from everything as you're working your way through your apprenticeship. But uh, what, what do you like to do away from from the track or from the racing industry to try and keep your mind a little bit busy? Because if you spend your whole time 24-7, it's, it's obviously going to give you some mental fatigue and, and possible burnout. What do you like to do to sometimes take your mind off being a jockey? Um, well, yeah, my life pretty much revolves around horses. I, I mean, I have my own horses at home. Um, 
that I like to do a bit of outside work with. Um, I love going to the gym, just keeping active, really. And, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much it. So, tell you what, Brownie, she's incredibly talented. Then she goes and works out. You and I could maybe learn a couple of things from her and maybe we'd be successful. <laughs> I need to in the get same back line. in the gym, don't I? <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I'm looking at you right now. Now, I'm assuming, now you got some rides next Wednesday night, have you? Yeah, so I'm allowed to take up another ride. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got one for the boss and two for um, Trent Wells. So just, just on that, what are the rules associated with uh, what you can and can't do at the, t- at the current time? Um, well, it all depends on how well you're going. Yep. So they always start off down here with um, giving the apprentices two rides for their first up. Um, it just all depends on how you go and how they think you're going out there and if you're confident enough and if you're doing everything right. And, for instance, if you're doing too much wrong, then you get sent back to trials. Um, but if you're going well enough and everything's going good, um, so then you move up to taking on a few more rides and then so on and so on. So it just, yeah, it all depends on how well you're going out there and um, the jockeys have a little bit of a say in what they think's going on and if they think you're good enough and right to be able to ride a couple more. Well, you're doing everything right at the moment. You've had a great start to it. We're excited to watch you continue to do it. Of course, SEN Track have such a, a huge presence in Tasmania as well, not just with this show, but Wednesday nights, which Brown is the headline actor. And hopefully he'll, 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 he'll back you soon rather than trying to take you on and, and doing his dough like he did on Wednesday night. So uh, no doubt looking forward to Wednesday night and looking forward to uh, Brownie and I taking a lot of credit for your career because we spoke to you early in it when you turn into that superstar jockey we all expect to you too. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, she's a superstar. TJ. TJ. Uh, how'd you come up with that? Yeah, I'm not too sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but going at going at uh, 40% win place yep. per ride, so five rides, one win already, and, and her, her debut ride was a third. So um, if you can maintain uh, that sort of strike rate, you'll, um, you'll end up being one of the greats. Well, the very fact that she is now able to ride a couple more next Wednesday and based on what she said about how there's a continual conversation in Tassie and, and working your way out to make sure that when you earn those opportunities by the way you're riding, she's getting them nice and early suggests the future she does have. All thanks to Ladbrokes. We're going to get to a break. Taz Racing Talk. There's plenty more on the other side of this. Campbell Brown and Cam Luke. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. Wherever you might be, you know what to do. Get involved. 0499 736 736. Taz Racing Talk. We've done a little bit of gallops. It's time to talk harness now because Jamie Cockshut joins us and he is on absolute fire, not only when it comes to harness, but also to the AFL as he's, I'm assuming, still celebrating what happened only a couple of weeks ago. J Dog, hello to you. There you go, mate. Good, mate. How's the week been? Yeah, not too, man, mate. Yeah, a little bit busy, but um, at least the weekend will be a bit quieter, boys. All right, talk to us, mate. Uh, you been able to find a winner this week? Yes, it's too many this week, and honestly, they're very hard meetings. But as you know, we're all punters, mate, so we'll mm-hmm. all have a crack and, and see what we can come up with. But there should be a bit of value there, boys, that's for sure. Hey, the good that's the thing. The good thing is when they are hard meetings and they're hard races, we are able, as punters, to get some value, which means... You do your homework and we take a little more uh, money in the pocket. No, that's exactly right. Exactly right. All right. Hit me before we get to our uh, very special guest in a couple of minutes' time. Uh, what are you liking this week? Well, we'll start on Hobart. Hobart's on tonight. Um, it's a seven-event card. It's Honestly, boys, like I mentioned, it's a bit tricky, but yep. 
there's, there's a horse in the first race called Stavros Sotera. Um, he put a bit of a picket fence together before his last start fifth. Where he grew inside the second line, had no luck. Um, one out in the second line tonight. He'll be able to push through and push forward to the breeze. And I think he can win. He should be around about the $3.54 mark. Um, then we head across. No, that's right. That's Launceston. I've started off the wrong place here, lads. We'll go back to Hobart. Um, race two, Naval Pixie. She got the job done for us a couple of weeks ago. Um, Zeke Slater, the trainer's got her firing. Um, she's drawn a little wide on the track, but she can push forward and she'll either sit outside the leader or, or settle close enough. And I think she can get the job done around about $3.50. Like it. We head, head across to race six. Tartland Riley. Um, he drops a long way in class. I just said, look at the corporates. He's around about $4 at the moment. And, and they're very backable odds. I'll, I'll have a few dollars on myself, to be honest. Now um, Connor, Crook jumps on, Connor Crook jumps on board. You know, Cameron's main, um, Campbell's main man. Yeah. Um, he should give him the right trip, and I think he can come down the outside the, from the top of the straight and run down his rivals. And there's one in the last. Um, Rainy on Ringo. Hasn't got much numerical form. But strong well, Rowan Hillier, you know, he'll be able to push forward and he'll sit outside the lead if he can't roll the top. And I just think he'll outbat these rollers in the run to the line and he should be around the $5 mark as well. So there is a little bit of value tonight at Hobart. Um, if the punters want to have a little bit of a play, boys. I like where your head is at already. I, I'm excited, Brownie. I'm excited when, when J-Dog, I don't know if anyone's ever called you J-Dog before. I've never called you J-Dog before, but it rolled off the tongue, mate, so I'm going to roll with it. You've got that little bit of gravelly confidence in your voice, which I've heard every now and then from you. So I think it's going to be a weekend where you're going to fill our pockets again. Oh, I, I hope so. I had a bad week last week on the punt. Oh, you know, there's one horse let me down, and it'll probably cost me 10 or 12 different mouldies. So, oh, no. Or parlay bets. So, but at the end of the day, Oof. as we know, we always back up the following week and, and keep trying. Now, we've got a very special guest. Uh, he's joining us now. Mate, do you want to take it from here and introduce who we've got online? Um, we've got um, one of the, the all-time greats at Tasmanian harness racing. It's, it's a bit... Um, he's a very humble man, but he wouldn't even be 40 yet, Gareth, I'm sure. Um, but his record is just unbelievable for any sportsman in any sport all around the world. He's an 11-time state-leading driver. He's represented Australia at the World Drivers' Championship in his early 20s. And, yeah, um, and he's just a really, really good, I won't say young fella, middle-aged fella now. And uh, welcome, Gareth. How you going, Jamie? Not too bad, mate. Um, you probably didn't like that sort of intro, but, you know, facts are facts, and, you know, that's something that I'd be very proud of. Yeah, yeah, too right. Um, you know, the list of achievements that's happened so far has been... Been pretty well, pretty well documented, and we've we've had a good time doing it, and hopefully we can keep going. Yeah, we'll just uh, we'll just reiterate the uh, experience you had in Sweden back in your early twenties. You and your twin brother James, who's also very accomplished in the industry. If the boys don't know he was the trainer of Bo Tyler, who won a couple of Inland Dominion, and he's your twin brother, and he joined on that journey to Sweden. And yeah, just tell us a, a bit about the experience for the listeners. Yeah, we went to um, to Europe, Norway, and drove drove the trotters mainly. Didn't have a lot of experience with them over in Tassie. Um, I had to go to Victoria and drive a few before I went. The experience was was different. Um, they couldn't speak any English at all. Um, <laughs> it's hard to get a translator. 
uh, for, for all my drives and thankfully we, we did win a race over there so uh, you know it was good to win, to win that race and uh, experience of a lifetime. And how old was you when you, how old was you when you went on that trip, mate? I reckon I was mid oh, early twenties. I reckon, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's a pretty outstanding achievement representing your um your country in the World Drivers Championship at you know the tender age of your early twenties. Um, you know, we'll 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 have a look at your drives this week. Then we'll pose a couple of questions to you about um a couple of other ones. But your drives this week on on Sunday night, you're um. You're aboard one of the boom horses in Tasmania at the moment. You're driving for your Uncle Kent, um, called Sonny Sands in the Show Cup. He's only tasted defeat twice, and you know he's, as you know, his regular arrangement. Johnny Walters had a you know major health scare a couple of months ago, and we all help hope Johnny help give Johnny all the best wishes for a speedy recovery. But um, you've jumped in the gig at his last few starts, mate. And what sort of field does he give you? Very, very nice horse, Jamie. He. You know, got he's got a good turn of speed. Um, he's pretty versatile. Um, he's good from a stand, which which the race is Sunday night. So hopefully that'll <clears throat> help him going forward. But look, he's a very exciting horse, and um, if Kent can keep him fit and well, I think um, I think he'd be a horse to to watch in in years to come. Yeah, so you know, you're off the ten metre mark, so. He... You think you'll just you'll sit him up on Sunday night, or you think you'll take advantage of his of his toughness and pop around to the breeze, or or what's your early thoughts? Yeah, it just depends on how he steps. Um, you know, there's a couple. I mean, the main chances are off the back the back mark. Um, Isaiah, uh, be major threat in the shallows. So hopefully, ideally, you'd like to be in front of them um, to give yourself the best chance, but. Just depends on how he goes away. Um, he's pretty versatile, so um, you know we'll just play it by ear. And another couple of drivers I'm interested in asking about are a, a couple of horses trained by John Castle, who does a good job of his small team. A good ruler, as we all know, he's a really good two-year-old. He was two-year-old of the year in Tasmania, but last season he just lost the compass, mate. He, he really struggled. Um, he's had a trial or two back. You've been aboard, and how's he shaping up for his? He started on Sunday night. Yes, he had the two trials. Um, we we thought, uh, you know, being a big horse, he'd take a few runs to, to get back to fitness uh, with them two trials. He had under his belt. Uh, Sunday night's race, he he, uh, he threw the back row, and I think there's a couple there that go all right. But, um, look, it's just a wait and see with him. He had a real good two-year-old year, um, and then... So the owners decided to give him a break, and um, sometimes it does happen that those horses don't come back the way they did with their two-year-old year. Um, but hopefully, hopefully this time um, they've got him right and it can go well Sunday. Yeah, no, don't worry. I've had a few horses the same as Good Lord, last two years and just haven't come back, but they can bounce back later on. And the other one of the night, one of the, the best at odds I like for the night is his stable mate called Flashy Ruler. Um, his numerical form doesn't read well, but he's finally got a good draw and he's got a good liking for the long distance track. Um, it's a race where there's no standouts. He should be around about 20 to 1. Do you think I'm I'm halfway on the mark or do you think I'm way off the mark? I think 
20 to 1 is about his right price. Um, look, he, he's sort of been an opportunist horse. He's, he's always lacked a bit of high speed and and he's always had to have luck in his races. Uh, always gets well back, but uh, he drew three um, Sunday night, so hopefully we can um, find a good position early and, and give him a good run and hopefully hopefully he can be a good each-way eight, chance. Yeah, no, that's all right, mate. And it'd be quite remiss of me to not to mention, like you and your your partner in life, Melissa Mayne, you run the probably the leading harness racing stud in Tasmania up at um, the trade there called Faithful Park. Um, you're getting pretty busy. The the breeding season started a few weeks ago. Yes, we're pretty busy. Um, we've sold a few mares down at the moment. Um, we've got a few mares to breed. Um, coming up so hopefully we look at around 50 or so mares we brood each year um, we fold down about 40 um, so you know it's a lot of sleepless nights and uh, worrying about the foals but look we enjoy doing it and, and we seem to to be going alright with it um, in the short time we've been doing it Oh no you're doing an outstanding job and yeah you yeah. Your young kids, you know, as, as we all know locally, they, they love the horses as much as what you do, mate, and I'm sure they're all there to give a helping hand on the busy days. Yeah, we've got a lot of junior junior, junior handlers that they all help out when they can, so, you know, it makes makes light work for us. Well, that's great to see, boys. Have you got any questions, boys? I've just got one to Gareth. Um, nothing to do with actual riding or racing or driving, you just mentioned that you went over to Sweden in your early 20s, mate. Um, tell us about how good that was. Because <laughs> I've never been and I've uh, heard some great things. Yeah, but when a young fellow, you know, you, you have your eyes hanging out of your head. But, uh, <laughs> it, it's, always, it's always good to, to experience something like that, um, especially with Brother James there and... and you know, we, we got to do other things outside of the racing and uh, it's a lot different to, to back in Australia, let me tell you. <laughs> no, no doubt it would have been magnificent. Beautifully said. Hey, Gareth, we do appreciate your time, mate. Good luck, not just for this weekend, but uh, going forward, we'll talk soon. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Jamie, Jamie, just quickly, your tips at Hobart. A couple of people just asking for him to be repeated. Uh, what are they again yeah, before we say goodbye to you? We'll, we'll repeat at Hobart, mate, then we'll quickly run through launch test. Yep. At Hobart tonight, we've got race two number... Race two, a horse called Navul Pixie. Race six, Tarleton Riley. And race seven, Raining on Ringo. Therefore, tonight, the races at Hobart. And launch session on Sunday night. Um, we'll just quickly go through, mate. Um, I'm pretty keen on Stavros at Terror in race one. He should be around the $4 mark. We'll go across to race six. Um, a horse called Star Watching was a dominant winner last time. Got, it's a good draw, and I think he can make it back-to-back wins at around the 350 mark. And race seven, Montana lad, he's one of my favourites. He's going to appreciate a, a bit of a freshen up. He's drawn inside the second line, which is the only slight query, but if young Brondy Miller can extricate herself off the pegs at some stage, um, he'll be hitting the line strongly at odds. And the two roughies come up. We just mentioned race two. Um, the one Gareth driving flashy ruler. Should be 20 to 1 or better. It's only a small play on that one because... Gareth didn't fill me with too much no, confidence, didn't. but I'll still give it a, a slim hope. 
And race nine is probably the best at odds. A horse called Juniper, um, trained by Bigno. Um, so last two runs has been hitting the line very strongly. Um, as long as it can get a three wide card in the race, I think she can do the same again and we'll go very close at around the $10 mark. Looking forward to it. As always, Jamie, appreciate it. We'll talk this time next week. Thanks, guys. Jamie Cockshaw, all things harness racing. And I'll tell you what, if you miss the tips again at SN underscore track, they'll be up there shortly. Live around Australia on SEN track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. A lot going on, Campbell Brown, Cam Luke, as you work our way through Taz Racing Talk. You can get involved anytime you like. We'll get very shortly to be in England, who's going to join us in around five minutes' time. But firstly, all thanks to Ladbrokes. And, of course, make every race this spring even more exciting. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858 from Ladbrokes. Tommy Hackett. Hello, buddy. Hello, boys. Mate, Empire Rose, we have got these Tasmanians who are heading towards it nicely. Still a star wins last week. Mystic Journey runs well. Uh, this is going to be interesting. I'm assuming they're both at the top of Ladbrokes market. They are right there at the top. Mystic Journey is the equal favourite, not with Silastar at the moment, but with Probabil. So Mystic Journey, $6. Probabil, $6. Silastar on the second line of betting there at $8. Tefane's $9. So they're the top four in the market at the moment. But if you look at that top four, I think Mystic Journey and Silastar, we know are heading in this direction. They're heading to the Empire Rose Stakes. It's been their target this entire preparation. Probabil has already been up for a while. She's running in the... Uh, in the uh, Might of Power, Ned's Might of Power stakes tomorrow. Mm. She could potentially still go to a Ludbrokes Cop Slate if she runs well in that race or potentially a McKinnon stakes. Well, uh, so I, I don't think she'd be guaranteed to run in this Empire Rose stakes. Well, Tefane, they're also thinking about a potential trip to Sydney for the, the invitation for the Phillies and Mares. So that could leave Mystic Journey and Phil Astar as the, the standout favourites here in this race. And, uh, I think it'd be great for Taz Racing if they can get the job done. Obviously, we know Mystic Journey is a previous Group 1 winner. She started this race as favourite last year and didn't have a huge amount of luck in mm. running and was probably she's a much better horse than that run suggested. Well, still a star, just continues to improve. That win the other day was outstanding and it would just be an incredible story if she can deliver Bill Ryan um, a, a Group 1 victory in the Empire Rose. So very exciting for Taz Racing uh, heading towards this Empire Rose. And I think it could be one of the most... It's always an interesting race on Derby Day. I think it could be one of the highlights this year. Tell me anything else before we let you go. Well, it's good to be having Wednesday racing, Wednesday night racing back uh, in uh, in Tassie over the weekend. Uh, we, it was a, a mixed bag for the punters. Mm. started off... Uh, a bit flat. There was a few horses winning at double-figure odds, but then the punters, as they often do, we know us punters are a resilient bunch. They came storming back late, and uh, by the end of the meeting, they finished in front. After Runka won the last race at $2.10 after being really well backed, and there was a few horses across the meeting that started it that were sort of $7, $8 when markets open and were backed into sort of $3 and ended up getting the job done. So uh, week one of the night racing season in Tasmania and uh, the punters have definitely uh, got, the, got the early chocolate. And that's what the SEN track family are very good at. Uh, Tommy, thank you. Thanks, boys. Tommy Hackett, all thanks to Ladbrokes. We'll get to a break, yes. They've, they've also the chance that Haller might run in, that, uh, in that Empire Rose, which, um, well, was underwhelming at Caulfield mm -hmm. first up, but did have a, a couple of issues post-race. So that's another one that... Um, yeah, is around about the $26 mark at the moment with the Ladbrokes market. So not guaranteed for a run by any stretch. But they could have three representatives in one race, the Taswegians. Tasmanian trifecta in a group one with on them. Derby Day. That'd be huge. It would be. Quick break, plenty more next. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown.
Wherever you might be, we are getting stuck into what's going to be a big weekend. Taz Racing Talk, you can get involved. 0499 736 736. Off the text. If a couple of people are just struggling to get Jamie's and remember it. We'll put them up. We'll put them up at yeah. SN underscore track. All right, let's get to a, uh, a man who is, to be fair, on fire. And uh, this is very, very exciting time. Ladbrokes, the Devonport Chase, it's held in about a month, a bit more, maybe six weeks' time. And this man, uh, Ben Unglund, is going to have a uh, very, very, very huge opportunity. Benny, hello to you. G'day, boys. Thanks for having me. Hey, any time, mate. Any time. An exciting kennel. How's it all tracking as we head towards what is, obviously, the, the biggest and best races this great state's got to offer? Yeah, no, it's really good, mate. Everything's starting to heat up now. And, um, you know, there's some exciting grounds around getting ready for it and... Um, some youngsters getting around just starting to, to start off their career. So it's going to be um, interesting to see what the next sort of six weeks, well, the next sort of three months. It's always, an, ex- it's always an exciting time when uh, the, the young ones get to the track for the first time and um, you, can, you can train them up well, they control well, they can show ability. But until they actually get under race conditions, that's when you really find out. And it's uh, I've always found when, you know, you've got a, a horse for the first time or a dog, going to the races, it's it's very, very exciting. Oh, it is, mate. And you just, uh, it's just one of those unknown things, how they're going to handle race day pressure and, and stuff like that. And, um, you know, and everything new, the kennels and, uh, you know, the parade and stuff like that. So it's always an exciting time to see, you know, if they can take that next step up and, and handle the um, the extra little things that comes with race day, yeah. Outside of actual, like, speed um, and getting out cleanly from the boxes and things like that, what, what do you think is the most important thing for for a young dog? Is it, is it like, the temperament that you see uh, if they're just not phased by anything? Is that pretty important? Yeah, I think um, I think that's what, that's a big, a really big bonus to have. If they've got a nice temperament, mate, I think they can they can settle well on, um, you know, settle well on the kennels and, and not uh, sort of run their race before they actually get out on the track, you know. So that's that's a big, big bonus that they've got a good temperament, yeah, that's for sure. How, how how easy or how hard is it to actually deal with that when you're educating them and they're, and they're, they're working through their grades or they're, they're getting that race experience if they don't exactly have the temperament that allows them to run the best? Well, I think it's just a matter of trial and error, mate. Yep. Um, just, just a matter of experience, you know, giving them plenty of experience early, Early before they before they start their racing, I think that's key. You know, it's um, it's something we do. We, we've got young pups. We bring them along. We usually take them, you know, on um, take them to the track on a race day, and they can go in the kennels for the complete race day, and then they can get trialed after the race to the finish. So it's, it's something we we do regularly with our young young dogs coming through, and, and just give them that a bit of experience before race day. Yeah. How'd you get into it, Benny? How'd you get into this world? Oh, you could say I was I was pretty much born into yep. it, mate. Um, my, my my dad Tom, he's been in, involved in greyhounds for a long, long time, and um, it was just something that he um, he was pretty successful with as well in his in his younger days. And um, you know, he had a lot of group finalists and group wins and stuff like that. And um, he had a bit of a, a bit of a spell from it when um, when all his kids come along, and, and I was still pretty pretty interested. So we decided to get back into it about. Must have been about ten years ago now, and uh, you know things sort of started snowballing from there. And now we've we're back into it, you know, in fully fledged like we're breeding and, and rearing and pre-training and, and training our own. And you know, it's it's not a 
it's probably gone past the hobby for us now. It's, it's like having another job, but uh, it's something we really enjoy, yeah. Hey, when we look at the SEN Track family listening right now, this is uh, exactly what they want. They want to have a a couple they can keep their eye on over the next you know couple of months that we can maybe win a couple of dollars on. Is there a couple we should be looking out for? Mate, I had a couple of first starters. Yep. Um, win on Tuesday by Winburn Ruby and Winburn Stroller. I think they've got um, they got a nice future ahead of them, and and they'll be definitely worth following. We've got another dog too come back into work called Winburn Sheehan, and um, he won the Devonport Chase and the Launceston Cup last year. So he's um, he unfortunately injured himself in the Brisbane Cup final when he was up there with Tony Brett. Uh, so he's just had a bit of a bit of a spell, and he's just back trialling now, and he's he's going sensational. So give me another one to keep an eye on coming up, mate. I am looking forward to what is going to be a wonderful three or so months ahead of us. Uh, it's exciting. It's going to be a huge, huge, huge time of it. And I have a feeling, Brownie, we're going to be having a chat to Ben a couple of times over the next couple of months as he's no able to snaffle a couple of these big races, mate. So uh, good luck, and we'll talk soon. Thanks very much, fellas. Beautifully done. Benny England, who joins us. And then we head towards what is going to be, of course, the Group 1 Ladbrokes Hobart 1000 in December. And then, of course, with the Ladbrokes Devonport Chase in late November as well. So he's got a couple. He's got a couple that are going to be ready to go towards those huge races, which I can't wait for. Yeah, it should be exciting. Um, it, it's, I mean, if you're a, you're a dog trainer, horse mm. trainer, this time of the year is, I know it's a, a 365 uh, yes. or 63-day-a-year job. Bloody oath it is. But um, you've always got one eye, no matter what part of the year it is, on on the big races, of you know, the spring group races, and and you have the high hopes of the young ones, and your, your proven stars that need to come back and do it again, <laughs> yes. you know, in a new season. And yeah, it's um, it's very exciting, Cam, and I'm excited you just to pumped. get into it. You are pumped. Yeah, I love, I love. Um, well, well, the, you, the lead up to Caulfield Guineas is well, it is. I'm not anymore. Well, it's a Tom Hawkins, a uh, couple of others got no, we, to call up. But you're the face of Tasmanian racing. Oh, Tassie, I thought Absolutely you were going to say Melbourne Tasmanian. racing. Oh, no. Tassie no, racing, I, yes. Yes, you are. And you are not just the face of it, but you're also the life of the party. You're a DJ. And and, and that's... Yes. Well, I, I... It's controversial at times because the great DJs of Tassie and at the Cups don't like you wandering over late, but in the end, you make your presence more, felt. More so singing You're a jack of all trades. DJ, more singer, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I get, um, yeah. get out there, I can do... Not just karaoke, but opera and yeah, you, uh, you you are falsetto. No, you're, you're very versatile <laughs> when it comes to grabbing a microphone. What's a falsetto? Uh, I have no idea. You're the one that said it. <laughs> what did you Devonport Cup was it? Where you grabbed That's the where mic? We start. What no. did you sing? Where that that uh, voice? Well, ta- it all started a few years ago when I grabbed "Take Me Back." Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, and it just sort of snowboarded from there to a bit of horses. Yes. And, um, you know, Robbie Williams and... Uh, there, there is no doubt you play to the crowd as into what they want. And that is something that is not easy to do when you're a cover solo artist like you are. But that's what you do across the great cups of this great state of Tasmania. All thanks to Ladbrokes. We'll be back next week. Tas Racing Talks. Plenty more on SEN Track after the news.